0: Don't let this world teach us how to live. We let Jesus teach us how to live. But we all live in this world, don't we? And so because we live in this world, it's hard not to be conformed to the way things work. And there's so much compromise within the body of Christ, within us as the people of God, because we live in this world. And I think God is saying,
1: I want you to live different. It can be hard to keep things straight when you're constantly bombarded by tons of different messages about how you should live. But as Pastor Daniel shares in this message, God doesn't want you to live like the world does. He wants you to be different. You'll learn that Jesus will teach you how to live and how to stand firm in Him, and not give in to the world's way. Pastor Daniel will encourage you to stay true to God's ways and not compromise. Now here's Pastor Daniel in Matthew chapter 22, as he begins his message, Real Life.
0: So each one of us are creatures of habit. There's certain things about each one of our lives that without any influence from the outside, you just kind of live this way. Like, let me give you an example. If I were to sit each one of you down, don't worry, I'm not going to do that right now, and say, what's your usual breakfast, right? For most of us, we have like, this is our usual breakfast. When all else fails, this is what I eat for breakfast. If I were to record, and don't worry, I'm not doing that, all of your phone calls for an entire day. I'm pretty sure that almost every conversation will begin with the same way. Hey, how you doing? Hello. You know, like, however it is, like we have these go-to places in life that is, so much of life is actually lived right there, right? It's like, where if I were to say to you, okay, let's go out to eat, where's your favorite place? Right, there's a certain place, out of all the different places maybe you go out to eat, there's certain places that are your go-to spots. And life is full of this. And if you start to think about what real life is, real life is a collection of all of these things that almost start to happen on autopilot that you left up to your own devices. This is what is your rhythm. This is what is the thing that you like to do. And I'm here to tell you that as we close out our Real Talk series, what I want to share with you today is not new. You've heard it many times before, not only here, but if you know anything about Jesus this is what it's all about. And this text that we're going to look at today is actually go to Christianity. Like, you want to know what Christianity is all about? What we're going to see today is it. And so I've called this message Real Life because I was just talking with someone just before service, and I was so grateful for it because they said, you know, so how do you continue to follow Jesus strongly? And I was just like, well, listen, I don't think I do that all that perfectly by any means, but... What I do know is that life is messy and I do know that distractions abound, but I try very hard to keep these very simple, most important things in front of me at all times. That when all else fails, if I remember some very specific things that we find in the scriptures, even if everything goes wrong, if I get these things kind of right, it's going to look pretty good. And so today is important because it's not going to be new, but we have to say, Lord, I want this to be my go-to way of living. Like just the way, what's your go-to breakfast? What's your go-to way of starting a conversation? What's your go-to programs that you enjoy? The things that you entertain yourself with? This needs to be your go-to spirituality. What it's really all about. And I think it's such a beautifully fitting place to end this series. And I'll be honest with you, I can't believe we're at the end of this Real Talk series. I mean, the journey that we've been on, beginning in Matthew 16, where Jesus told his disciples that he is indeed the Messiah, to where we close this series. It's just so powerful, the teachings of Jesus. I'm so enamored with Jesus. Even after walking with him for almost 20 years now, I'm like, man, Jesus, this is just so awesome. So wild. So because what we're going to see today is such foundational and core teaching to Christianity, with this message, I also want to weave in some of our, kind of our core values as a church. Because you know, when it comes to who we are as a church, if who we are is not completely linked to the core foundation of teachings of Jesus, then we're really not a church. We could be a spiritual club. It could be all sorts of things. But a church is the called-out assembly of Jesus, the people who are following Jesus, And so, as you see what is going to be a foundational teaching of Christianity, I also want to weave in some of our church core values, things that you hear all the time that are guiding principles for us that are coming pretty much right out of this text as well. So, to get into it, let's open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 22. We're going to be taking verses 34 to 40. Matthew 22, 34 to 40. So make sure you grab out your Bibles, grab out your smart devices. Of course, for those of you who are part of our campuses online, whether Facebook Live or the internet, make sure you open up a new browser window so you can read this along or else you're gonna type it in your browser and then you're gonna lose all this fun stuff that we're doing together and you have to come find us again. So Matthew 22, picking up in verse 34, it says this. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, "'Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law?' And Jesus said to him, "'You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, "'with all your soul, and with all your mind. "'This is the first and great commandment, "'and the second is like it. "'You shall love your neighbor as yourself. "'On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets.'" Anybody ever read that before? Repetition is the greatest teacher. Oftentimes, we don't need to hear something new. We need to be reminded of the things that we've always known. And we need to say, Lord, help me by the power of your spirit to live this out. Now, to start out, we're in this place in the ministry of Jesus. And really, almost the entire series has been there where Jesus is about to go to the cross. And from the time that he was triumphantly entered into Jerusalem, where they herald him as the Messiah, he's been getting grilled by all these different groups of people. And in a lot of ways, you may miss it if you don't think about it, but if you look at the Exodus narrative of the Passover, you find that on the 10th day of the month, they chose the Passover lamb, and then they inspected the lamb for a number of days. And as long as the lamb was truly without blemish, then that lamb was allowed to be sacrificed. And Matthew's gospel is actually working that framework. Because Jesus' triumphal entry, it was the day of the presentation of the Lamb, and then you have all these days of him being inspected by all these different groups of people of all these different agendas to see if indeed he was spotless. He was indeed perfect. And this is their last-ditch effort right here. It begins when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees. They gathered together. Now... I like to say it this way. You want to know about real life? You need to live different. You need to live different. Because as I've been explaining to you, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they had two different sets of agendas. And before their dislike of Jesus, the two really never came together. They were on opposite sides of the spectrum. And they didn't get along at all. But now we have this enemy of my enemy is my friend scenario which is a very common way the world works. And we start from the beginning where you have the Sadducees on one side and the Pharisees on the other side, even though the Pharisees couldn't deal with Jesus and the Sadducees like, well, if we get up together, we can get this thing done. And I want to encourage you to make sure that in the way that you live your life, you are living different from a broken, fallen world that functions these type of ways, where Instead of saying, maybe we're all wrong and Jesus is right, they say, we just got to make sure we get this thing done. And it's very easy in the world that we live in to neglect living into the kingdom because the world functions a certain way. And I've been really sensing that the Lord has been encouraging me personally to make sure that I do not conform to a world that is in rebellion against him to encourage my brothers and sisters in Christ to say, don't let a broken world that God had to send Jesus to redeem, don't let this world teach us how to live. We let Jesus teach us how to live. But we all live in this world, don't we? And so because we live in this world, it's hard not to be conformed to the way things work. And there's so much compromise within the body of Christ, within us as the people of God, because we live in this world. And I think God is saying, I want you to live different. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, them joining up together to try and deal with Jesus, it's just the way the world works. Now, we learn in verse 35 that one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him. Now, this idea of this lawyer, you have to remember that when we think of a lawyer, Right, We think of somebody who wears a suit, they go into the court of law, they argue their case, even though that's really not what most lawyers do. That's just kind of our TV perception of them. My twin sister Jody is a lawyer, and she's like, man, I went into being a lawyer thinking I was going to be in the courtroom, I was going to be giving opening statements, and she's like, I spend a lot of time in my office writing, you know? But a lawyer in Jesus's day were the scribes. They were the people. The law was actually the first five books of Moses, that we've been studying on Wednesday nights, and their job was primarily to be copying. This was long before uh, copiers and Xerox machines and Amazon. You just get the book you want in the mail. It's like someone had to actually sit there and write the whole thing out. And so the scribe's primary job was to be writing copies of the law, and also they were involved in interpretation. So this lawyer, it's like, I always have to think, I'm like, oh, so a lawyer came, but they were religious teachers, and so this lawyer from this group of Pharisees and Sadducees come to Jesus and they're asking him a question. Now, what you're going to find is his question is important, but he's testing him, so his question's not honest. And it's something, that's something we've been seeing all the way through this series, is that we need to make sure we ask honest questions. And Jesus is very interested in answering honest questions with real answers, Oftentimes, Jesus won't answer a dishonest question because he knows it's not rooted in something that's real. Now, as a church family, because we realize that people are growing, we have a a core value that we like to say that we are all in process. How many times have you heard me say that from the pulpit? Pretty much every message. Why? Because it's so true. All of us are in process. There's not a person here who isn't in process process of being transformed by Jesus, if you're in Christ. And even if you're here today and you have never put your faith and trust in Jesus, guess what? You're growing every single day. There's nothing about your life that is truly static, it's all dynamic. I know we kind of want things to stay static, we don't want things to change, but every single day things are changing in your body, in the world. All this stuff's constant, it's always in motion. The idea of things not changing is an illusion. It's an illusion. I think about my little kids. Every single day, they're growing. There's not one day. I mean, it's beautiful when you're watching a little, little child like my daughter, Annabelle, right? Who's three. Annabelle's so, she's so funny. So it's funny. We were in the car just yesterday and me and uh, Maranatha and Obadiah and, and Annabelle and actually Obadiah wasn't there. So just the girls and no, no, it was on Friday. So it was all three. I was, I'm, sorry. <laughs> See, I'm changing. I'm losing my mind. You see what's going on here? And we're talking about Christmas, and Maranatha's like, so, do you think Santa's going to come? So Maranatha said, and I said, well, it depends on if you've been naughty or nice. And then Maranatha goes, Annabelle, have you been naughty or nice? And Annabelle said, naughty. (laughs) She didn't get that last Christmas. She didn't, you know, but it's like, like when you're watching these young little people kind of discover all these things, right? You see it. But what happens is, is as you get a little bit older, you're still growing every single day. And so we really believe here that we need to give people room to be in process. You go to a lot of churches, like you have to have it all together day one. You walk in the door, you have to be carrying the right Bible, you have to say all the right words, you have to have it all together. And as a church family, we say everyone's in process. From the oldest of us to the youngest, for the person who's here who's been walking with Jesus the longest to the person who's going to give their life to Jesus here today, everyone is growing. And when you realize that you are growing, you become a gracious human being. But what happens in church very easily is that we don't live different. I got it all together. This is who I am. Everyone's got to be like me. And you forget the fact that, no, no, God ain't done with you yet. That's why you're still here. You know, And so as a church, we value the fact that you're allowed to be in process here. Why? Because you're in process anyway. And too often, I think, what goes on in the family of God is we think that you can stop growing spiritually. Because my Bible says you're either growing spiritually or you're backsliding. You're either growing in Christ or you are degenerating in Christ. Every single day is a day for God to do a work. And so no matter where you are today, are you living different today? Because no, no matter how you walked in today, when I say we need to live different from this world, because Jesus is doing a work and he's transforming us, there's something for all of us to look at, right? It's easy to look at what someone else, and they need to live differently that way. But what about me? You're in process today. And when you're in process, you need to say, Lord, I want you to drive this process in my life. Now, because we're all in process and God is calling us all to live different, another core value that we have here is that we are passionate about seeing people take the next steps. I love this. There's a passion in this church to see all of us take the next steps, whatever that next step is. So that's why when... People say yes to Jesus right here in the sanctuary, or they do it online. And I pray that many of you who are here today who've never done that, you'll take that first step. What do we do? We celebrate it. Why? Because you're taking the next step on your journey. See, when someone steps into, who's been walking with Jesus, when they step into the waters of baptism, we cheer and we holler and we take videos and we post it online. Why? Because we're passionate about seeing people take the next step. When someone decides to step into the work of ministry, they say, I'm going to start to serve here at Crossroads. You know what we do? We celebrate it. Why? Because you're taking the next step on the journey. See, what is the next step on the journey? See, it would have been great for this lawyer, this scribe, to really want to know the answer to the question he's going to ask. I mean, how cool would it have been for that man to come with an honest question and then he answers, Jesus answers that question and he goes away and he takes the next step. He's not really going for that, but how beautiful would that have been? And so what is the next step that God has for you in this journey? What I've realized is that when someone comes to know Jesus, it is a huge step change when all of a sudden you find yourself in christ and then you start walking in that first period just like with little kids it's like everything is huge the first time you pray with someone the first time you experience the gifts of the spirit the first time you're like whoa but then what happens is and a lot of us are in that phase where it's like you're still growing every day but everything's not so like oh i didn't know it was like that like i remember the first time i heard of a bible commentary you know it's not like you get saved and the bible says read a bible commentary you know, I didn't even know the thing existed. All of a sudden, I was, someone handed me, it was a J. Vernon McGee, through the Bible. You know, the little white books with the, with the yellow covers? Someone gave, I was like talking about a book I didn't know, I'm like, I don't understand that at all. And someone came the next week, like, here, I got a gift for you. I'm like, what's this? And I mean, I, devout, I ate that book. It was so cool. They're like, yeah, there's all sorts of these things. I'm like, really? You know? Now I got a whole library full of them. But that first one was mind-blowing, right? But what happens is, is even though certain things aren't mind-blowing as you've been down the road for a while, there's still the next step to take. What's the next step that God has for your life? What is the thing that right now, given all that's going on in your world, what's the one step he wants you to take? Brothers and sisters, I want to just encourage you just to take that step. And as a church family, we're going to come alongside of you and we're going to celebrate because we're passionate about everyone taking the next step. Not one of us is, okay, you're done walking. Now you just sit spiritually. We don't want to be those type of people, amen? So we need to live differently. Now, so he comes with this question, and this is an important question. What does he say? He says, teacher, verse 36, what is the great commandment in the law? Now, this is an important question, of course, because the rabbis would tell us that there are not 10 commandments in the Bible. There are 613 commandments, I always like to make the joke. It's like understanding the IRS tax code. Anybody understand the IRS tax code? Yeah, we all do. There's too many of those laws. No one can understand it. So for the Jewish people, it was a very common discussion of, we need to prioritize and wait certain commandments because 613 is a lot, and we're going to try, but we really want to know what is the most important core questions. And so this was a common question of the day, and Jesus answered quite simply, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. I you know what I like to call this, that you and I need to live upward. We need to live upward, Which is the idea is the greatest commandment deals with God first. And so I like to call it upward, because I always think of the idea of worship, that we're raising up our hearts, and we're raising up our hands and we're saying, "God, I want to praise you." And there's something exalting about this whole thing, because God is exalted. And he's majestic And so I call that living upward Right? And it's a quotation from Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 5 So Jesus took Deuteronomy 6 5 That verse right in that classic prayer That was prayed by Jewish people every single day That you shall love the Lord your God With all your heart With all your soul With all your strength And with all your mind." I mean here it doesn't say strength But in Mark's gospel it does And so The idea Is that When it relates to living upward, it's all about love, and it's all about God, and it involves all of us. Do you get that? It's all about love, it's all about God, and it involves all of us. That's how we live different, is that you and I radically live upward. Now, you got to ask yourself, is it all about love for you? See, God isn't interested in you being a captain in his army who doesn't love him but is simply obedient. See, love is a powerful thing. We're going to look at it for Christmas time that the greatest of these is love. Love is the most revolutionary activity in the world. When we speak of biblical love, of course. I always like to say we got to define these words because you guys know I love me some Twinkies. But that is not the type of love that God is talking about. It's a different type of love because the love of the Bible is self sacrificial. See, when you live upward, it's about loving God. Would you say right now, I love God more than I ever have? So like in your marriage, would you say you love your spouse more than you ever have? See, there's an old saying that says familiarity breeds contempt. And we find Jesus speaking to the church in Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2 about this because they've been walking with Jesus for a while, but they had left that young love phase. They left that time. Because you know what it is when it's young love. I remember when Lynn and I first got married, we were sitting with some friends, and we were brand newly married, and we were hanging on each other, and you know being sweet and stuff. And one of these older sisters said, oh, nothing quite like young love is there. And I remember thinking about that. Because you know what it is? It's like when someone first puts their faith and trust in Jesus, man, they are loving Jesus something
1: sappy. Jesus is... God wants you to live differently than the world does. But what does that look like? Today, Pastor Daniel shared that this different way of life is rooted in choosing to live upward, connected to the Lord. It's not a life of mindless obedience, but is motivated by biblical love. He urged you to take stock of your relationship with God. Is your love growing stale? Or do you love him more than you ever have? God wants you to love and relate to him with every part of yourself, responding to his unconditional love for you. I want to thank you so much for listening to Jesus
0: is Real program. And I realize that there are many of you, you're not a born again follower of Jesus. You've never put your faith and trust in Jesus. But as you've been listening, you've been saying to yourself, I want to begin to follow Jesus. I want to help you do that right now. We're going to pray a simple prayer that just acknowledges who Jesus is in your life. So if if you're saying yes to Jesus for the very first time, pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I'm giving you my life. Thank you for saving me. I believe in you, your life, your death on the cross, and your resurrection. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I ask it in Jesus' name. And we all said together, amen. For those of you who just received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I'm so excited for you. I want to know that you did it though, because I want to help you take your next steps with him. So pull out your mobile phone, text the word SAVED to 51400, S-A-V-E-D to 51400 and my team will get in touch with you we want to get some more resources in your hands to help you on this journey and my team we want to share
1: some stuff with you so don't go anywhere thanks pastor daniel you know the bible says that when one person comes to jesus the angels in heaven rejoice and we rejoice with them today if you just prayed that prayer with pastor daniel Again, to receive some resources that are going to help you in this new journey with Jesus, take out your mobile phone right now and text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 51400. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share more about these foundational principles of living the different life Jesus wants you to have. It's an abundant and connected life, one that will take you through the ups and downs with hope and peace. Pastor Daniel will continue to give you a vision of what this looks like and how to experience it. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Real Talk. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.